Definitely didn't do a research, didn't, was not prepared. Weekend warning, the unofficial start of summer and the official start to accident season. This, is, this was our hot spot yesterday. A sigh of relief for some parts of the province while worries of flooding for those in the Fraser Valley. It's um, the continuity of history, a thousand years of monarchy. And it's official. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are now married. We'll bring you BC reaction to the biggest wedding of the year. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, we are into Victoria Day long weekend, of course, when a lot of people are out hitting the water, the trails, highways getting busy too. But the warning tonight to be careful because it can also prove to be a dangerous time. Our Nadia Stewart joins us now with more on that. Nadia? It's no coincidence Safe Boating Week coincides with the start of the May long weekend. But the message of safety extends to those who will be passing the time on the trails as well. All right. You're welcome. After being stuck on Mount Seymour, four hikers in their 20s are grateful for North Shore Rescue and Talon helicopters. They called 911 earlier today, unprepared for the winter conditions. Definitely didn't do a research. Didn't, was not prepared, so that's really an important thing. The 10 essentials. Definitely like being prepared for the snow, especially. That, I think that was a really key factor there. And going off trail. Off trail on an elevation higher than 1,000 meters. It might feel like summer down here, but it's still winter conditions up there. It's already been a busy 2018 for North Shore Rescue, and it doesn't look like things are about to let up either. We're on track right now to break all records. This is the 42nd call we've already had this year. Um, so for a volunteer team, that's a, a lot of calls. So we're on a track to set a new record. Their key message day in, day out is one of safety and preparedness. Two, one. One echoed by the Canadian Safe Boating Council. Of course, life jackets top the list, but water safety education is just as important. Wear a PFD, number one. Boat sober. Uh, be prepared. Uh, take a course. And also know about the waters of Canada being very cold and, and how that affects you. That message of boating sober is one police and search and rescue groups are particularly focused on. Yeah, that's probably the biggest issue. Um, certainly it can be dangerous uh, if you aren't boating safely in the first place. You add alcohol or drugs to that and it uh, expedites that to a, a level that's even more uh, dangerous. Their judgment gets clouded by the use of intoxicants. Uh, they may not uh, pay attention to the speed they're going. Uh, and they may just not notice uh, other vessels or people in the water that are around them. Officers will be out patrolling the waterways. And of course, expect police to be out on the roads this long weekend. ICBC says officers will be conducting a province-wide blitz, making sure everyone gets to their destination safely. Back to you. Nadia, thanks very much for that. All right, in other news, a cyclist has been badly injured in a collision with a vehicle in South Surrey this afternoon. This happened at the intersection of 154th Street and 32nd Avenue. It was about 2.30. Police say the rider wasn't wearing a helmet and suffered a serious head injury. The driver stayed on scene and is cooperating with the police. 
and a man has been rescued after crashing his light plane in a remote area of northern BC last night. His single-engine Cessna 206 went down about 20 nautical miles south of the BC-Yukon border. It was on a flight from Fort Nelson to Watson Lake. The Joint Rescue Coordination Centre in Victoria dispatched a Buffalo airplane and a helicopter to the scene. From other details we're getting, two Sartex parachuted to the crash site to help the pilot until he could be choppered out to Fort Nelson for treatment of what is being described in this case as just minor injuries. A desperate search is ongoing in the Cowichan Valley this weekend for a missing father of two. Ben Kilmer was reported missing on Wednesday. His family says that this is out of character for him. And as Kristen Robinson reports, it's a discovery this week that is now leading to concerns about his safety. West of Duncan, up to 60 search and rescue volunteers scour properties along Cowichan Lake Road for any sign of Ben Kilmer. He has two kids and a wonderful wife, and they need their dad. Please do not give up. The 41-year-old father of two last seen around 11 a.m. on Wednesday, May 16th. Surveillance video shows him at a job site. His work van later found abandoned along Cowichan Lake Road with the engine running, adding to the mystery a small amount of blood found inside. I just implore you to not give up, to stay the course, to pound this earth looking for this man who is quite honestly an outstanding human being. The search for the Cobble Hill electrician expanding to the air and on the ground with more volunteers being brought in. So far, teams have covered four square kilometers. We started off with hasty searches, and we've actually been going into like full grid searches now, which are basically you know three-meter separations, um, searching through some fairly dense bush, uh, which is slow going. It's pretty hard work, so it's taken about uh, two hours to cover 700 meters or so. Kilmer vanishing days after this family photo taken during a Mother's Day outing in Victoria. His disappearance considered suspicious. Friends and family holding out hope he'll be found safe. Ben could be walking around somewhere. Someone just right. happens to recognize him. So we really urge people to keep their eyes open. I can't thank everyone enough. And I pray to God that we find him. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The exhausted residents of Grand Forks are breathing a sigh of relief tonight. The second wave of flooding that they were worried about this weekend didn't actually happen. The big job now, though, is to repair the damage that's already been done. Our John Waugh has the latest. Well, I'm standing here with the Kettle River behind me, and you can be sure the people of Grand Forks are breathing a deep sigh of relief. That's because the water levels did not rise as high as originally expected. Of course, the people were bracing for a second flooding event that was either the same or even worse than last week's traumatic event. But one group's cause for celebration is another's concern. If that pulled over how many roots it's got, this thing's gone. I mean, there'll be just a big gaping, you know, crater here. Hazard notices have been handed out for dozens of homes along the rivers. The concern is the high water was actually holding up some of the eroding banks. Now that it is receding, it could be prone to sloughing which has already happened in several places. Our concern is just our bank here is so steep and in a few spots it's caving in, it's eroding. So, you know, hopefully everything will turn out okay. There is still plenty of work to be done as water levels continue to fluctuate. 100 Canadian Armed Forces troops got right to work protecting important infrastructure 
like the sump pump close to where the Granby and Kettle Rivers converge. It's been humbling to show up at the tail end and, you know, just the 100 soldiers is just a small contribution that the federal government is making. In the next few days, uh, you'll see uh, my force in Grand uh, Forks probably redeploy to another community that needs some help. Um, and will help stabilize the situations in, the, in those communities. Now residents across the region are being told not to take down their sandbags just yet because there is still a chance for some isolated flooding here and there. They are also working to get those rapid damage assessors out as soon as possible to see if and when people might be able to return home and then start the long recovery ahead. John Hua, Global News, Grand Forks. And BC's Public Safety Minister was in merit today touring the interior flood zone. We're okay now, mm-hmm. but let's go. We're, we're okay. So this, is, this was our hot spot yesterday. And Mike Farnworth meeting with the mayor of Merritt and getting a first-hand look at the work to mitigate flooding and some of the damage the water has already done. He also met up with the Upper Nicola Band Chief. The community there has laid nearly 100,000 sandbags. So far, those seem to be holding... Some locals, though, accusing the city of downplaying the flood danger and leaving them unprepared. Farnworth says that he is willing to work with the community to see how they could better improve that flood response in the future. To me, what's important is, you know, clearly the, uh, the sandbagging's in place and you can never fully judge how fast and how high a river is going to come. Uh, is that once the events are over, is then you go back and you look and you find out what worked. Are there critical pieces of infrastructure that need to be, imp- that need to be uh, improved? And then look to, okay, uh, what do we do next year and how do we make sure that uh, we're building on the lessons learned this year? Well, the hope is that the Nicola River has peaked and the rain will hold off. This is the second year of record flooding in Merritt after 2017's once-in-a-century flood event. And a flood watch is still in effect for the Fraser River. Prince George through Quinell, with some local parks still closed. Although the Fraser is seeing heavy flow, temperatures are cooling slightly now this weekend. So river levels should stay fairly level or see a slight drop. There is more hot weather forecast for next week, though. River levels then expected to rise again in areas where there is snow on higher ground. Communities along the Fraser River keeping an eye on its level this weekend. The mission gauge is still sitting below six metres today, but could reach 6.4 by Monday. That would prompt some evacuation orders for those living within the floodplain. The river expected to hit the same level it did in 2012. Water levels are already creeping up in other areas, such as the Harrison Bay RV Park and Kilby Campgrounds. And officials are also keeping tabs on the water levels on both Osoyoos and Okanagan lakes this weekend. Osoyoos Lake sits at around 279 metres above sea level. That is five centimetres lower than last weekend's peak. It's a third of a metre shy of historic levels. Alerts have still been issued for 23 properties along the lakeshore. Okanagan Lake has hit its full height of 342 metres. Crews are still working on flood protection measures there as well. All right, away from all of that and other news, police in Abbotsford are looking for a man involved in a sexual assault. At around five last night, a woman was walking south on Pauline Street when she heard a man yelling 
and then appearing in front of her and grabbing her by the shoulders. He said something sexual and tried to grab her. She was able to break free and run away. These are the details we're getting on the suspect. He's white in his 30s, 5 feet 11 inches tall with wavy brown shoulder length hair and sunglasses. He was wearing a light coloured shirt and tan shorts. If you have any information, please call Abbotsford Police or Crime Stoppers. Richmond City Council has approved a controversial temporary modular housing project. Now, this project is going to provide 40 new homes with support services on Elmbridge Way. Would be in place for up to five years. Council heard from dozens of speakers for and against the project on Thursday, forcing them to put a decision over until last night. Negotiations between the city, BC Housing and Rain City Housing are expected to be done within two months. The wedding the world was watching has gone off without a hitch. Actress Meghan Markle has married Prince Harry. This one's slightly different to royal weddings we've seen in the past. They have also been given their new titles. Now they'll be known as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Global's Cindy Pom has more from Windsor. It was the moment many had been waiting for. As the Queen and Prince Philip were seated, Meghan Markle entered St. George's Chapel. Meghan looked elegant in a white dress designed by British designer Claire Waite Keller for Givenchy. The five-meter-long veil, a significant piece of the dress, adorned with the distinctive floor of all 53 countries of the Commonwealth. Following behind her, the bridesmaids and page boys representing both England and Canada. The two page boys are the grandchildren of former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Their mother, Jessica Mulroney, is a close personal friend of Meghan. Bride and groom now hand in hand, promising to honor each other with a simple I will. The nervousness of the moment expressed with a bit of a chuckle. Be faithful to her as long as you both shall live. I will. Meghan Markle's mother, Dora Ragland, dressed in an elegant green dress similar in color to the Queen's, looked on with great pride. Will you love him? Comfort him? honour and protect him, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live. I will. The wedding was very traditional in many ways. The Archbishop of Canterbury presided over the ceremony, and Prince Harry's aunt, the sister of Princess Diana, Lady Jane Fellows, gave a reading. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. But the wedding also broke from tradition. At Markle's request, Bishop Michael Curry from New York gave a lengthy and passionate sermon. When, when love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive, when love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. And a choir signifying the couple's commitment to each other sang a rendition of Stand By Me. As you stand, stand by me. And then the epic moment, the vows, an exchange of rings. Megan, I give you this ring. Harry, I give you this ring. Walking hand in hand out of the front doors of St. George's Chapel to the first public kiss as husband and wife. Angie Seth, Global News. And a lot of people here in BC were up early to watch it all as well. Parties being held at homes and halls across the province. As Jill Bennett now reports, the early 4 a.m. start didn't put people off. Mary, smile. <laughs> 
Fascinators firmly in place, this crowd stayed up all night, ready to watch the royal nuptials as they unfolded. For me, it's always been the love of the royals and growing up with the influence of my mom. The continuity of history, a thousand years of monarchy, I think that's something to celebrate. It makes sense. The most die-hard royal watchers gathering in the most British city in BC. It's a global wedding and it's an opportunity to celebrate all that is good and beautiful and sacred in life. For others, it was the perfect reason to open the cake and champagne for a smaller but still lavish party. We have some traditional English scones, uh, clotted cream, uh, and of course strawberry jam, uh, uh, just to make it feel a bit like England. And for one Burnaby grandmother, staying up to watch the wedding was very much a family affair. I think it's important for them to grow up with, you know, some some knowledge of the royal family. And uh, also I think this is just a really nice event to share with them. Friesen has stage four cancer. She wanted to create this memory for her kids and her grandkids. We're just taking advantage of every opportunity that we can spend with her and, and um, share every precious memories that we can have. To the bride and groom. Back in Victoria, the big event did not disappoint, although there were some noticeable changes from previous royal weddings. Uh, it was definitely more laid back, um, informal. They look very happily married, and I, I just really hope that they're, it's a successful marriage. It was beautiful. It was everything I hoped for. Worth getting up for. Another reason many say it was worth giving up sleep, there likely won't be another royal wedding of this caliber for several years. Jill Bennett, Global News. I stayed up too, so be gentle on me today. Now, a passenger ferry service has been launched today, linking the royal city with its port royal district. <laughs> Cardboard mock-ups of the royal couple proving to be a big hit for the first passengers on the QTQ ferry this morning. The ride across the Fraser takes just five minutes and it shuttles passengers between Queensborough and the new West Quay. It is the second year for the service, which is very popular for commuters wanting to connect to the SkyTrain. What we found is that the citizens, particularly in Queensborough here, have sort of really thrived in relationship to the ferry service. They love it. I was just talking to one citizen there. She traveled on it 140 times last year alone. The ferry, a pilot project by the city of New Westminster, runs from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. and it's seven days a week until October. Now, it's a, tradi a tradition in Metro Vancouver that has been going on for 72 years now. The annual Cloverdale Rodeo Parade and this year's parade marshals, our very own Paul Hasem and Sonia Sunga. Happy like parading! I'm in my living room. Yeehaw! So you must be truly the tallest Mountie on the force. Apparently I am. She makes me look taller than I really am. Though. I think he's even taller than Chris Gaylis. The parade made its way down 176 uh, streets, more than 1,000 people taking part. It all kicks off the rodeo that runs through Monday at the Cloverdale Fairgrounds. 
Welcome back. Well, Santa Fe, Texas is a community in agony tonight after it became the latest American city to suffer a mass shooting. Ten people were killed, 13 others injured, when a 17-year-old allegedly walked into a high school and opened fire on Friday morning. Investigators are now trying to work out the motive. Students, escorted by police, returned to Santa Fe High School today to gather belongings abandoned when the shots were fired. The memory of the lives lost still fresh in their minds. Sophomore Alyssa Vole said one of her best friends was killed. If I came to school depressed, you'd always make me like smile or try to do something to make me happy or something like that. One day earlier, investigators say Demetrius Pagortsis opened fire. The 17-year-old student armed with his father's shotgun and a handgun. He is now behind bars. A judge denied bond. Authorities say there is no obvious motive. He was a weird kid sometimes, but we all loved him. He was just another one of the guys. Mourners today brought signs and flowers to Santa Fe. Carissa Potts and her daughter drove from Houston. Um, our hearts go out to the families. That are, and even the young man that committed these horrific crimes, um, he's in our prayers too. As mourners offer prayers, survivors say they need time to grieve. We don't want a shooting to be our legacy. We want to show that we're stronger than that, we're better than that. A community that doesn't want to be defined by tragedy. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. The powerful force of Mother Nature on display once again in Hawaii. <laughs> Slow-moving lava has destroyed another four homes on Hawaii's big island. Another 40 near the Kilauea volcano are threatened. Now, the lava fountains continue to pour from fissures in the ground. They are destroying everything in their path. A short-lived eruption several hours earlier spewed out an ash cloud reaching as high as 2,000 meters. Now, babies are always adorable, especially big ones. And that brings me on to this. This little Asian elephant calf was born overnight Thursday at a zoo in the UK. That was three months after its predicted due date. The birth is seen as a huge boost to an endangered species and a success for a breeding program by the European Association of Zoos and Aquariums. All right. Three months late. I know. I was Mom just imagining. wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> exactly. That's why I wanted to emphasize that, because a human, can you imagine, like, you would just, yeah, you wouldn't survive. Snacking on peanuts gets old. Yeah. yeah. I need peanuts for energy, because I got up very early for the royal wedding. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and then it was, uh, they had sun, which was good. It didn't rain in the UK. It was beautiful for and them. They had yeah. a perfect day today. They did. And I think it's been pretty nice here as well. Pretty pleasant today. Uh, many spots, though, we were underneath that cloud cover, but we are hanging on to dry conditions. A bit of a change on the way though late this evening and overnight but we do have the return for some sunshine and it'll be for the latter half of our long weekend here's a look at the satellite and radar we do have some instability picking up some lightning for eastern sections just near nanaimo so we could see inten intense downpours through that area also for eastern sections and stretching in towards the fraser valley we are looking at some spotty showers not much in terms of uh, precipitation but we will be looking at uh, some sunshine and i'll have the outline and the warmer temperatures that are on the way too. All right. And and you know what? Even though it's not about me, but the expats everywhere, great with the Royal Wedding, would be very excited. And then the FA Cup final. FA Cup final was... Uh, Doesn't get better than not, that. Well, it was, it was uh, just one goal in it. Chelsea and Manchester United. So we'll yeah. probably see that coming up. Mm. But uh, you know, for the local soccer fans, the Whitecaps were down in Dallas, down 2-0 with, what, 10 minutes to go? 
And they came back and got a big 2-2 uh, draw. So in this case, yeah. a tie is a good thing for the Whitecaps because they've just been so in and out with their play all year. They've been playing a lot of games, kind of throwing away a lot of points early in the season. But this was a good one. So we'll have highlights of that and hear from Carl Robinson when we come back. You oh. love, you fancy him, right? Uh, he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. A teenager from Langley saw a problem and then worked out a way to fix it. Her idea now has been recognized as one of the best at a national event in Ottawa. As Jennifer Palmer reports, she has some big plans now for her invention. I created four prototypes in total. This one met out all the criteria I set for myself. Meet 12-year-old Mac Dykeman. She's a Langley student with a great idea how to keep chicks alive when they're being shipped to a new farm. When I received chick order shipments as I would live on a poultry farm, I noticed they would arrive with high mortality rates and um, lots of injuries for the birds. So she decided to create a better box, and she presented it in Ottawa at the Canada-wide Science Fair. It has a round insert to prevent birds from getting crushed in the corners, as my testing showed that that's the, one of the most common ways the birds will die. It has a raised false floor. If you were to open the side of the container, there would be a compartment you could slide the heat pad into, and these tabs that hold the round insert in place would hold the heat pad in place as well. The box also has a unique hinged top and is constructed to keep air flowing once boxes are stacked on each other. The boxes are built to transport 18 to 25 chicks. The young science star has created a company called Safer Chick Mints. The next step is getting a patent. If there's an issue, don't eliminate it. Just try to find a way to um, make a solution for it. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Now, Mac won the Platinum Award for Best Junior Project for her Chick Shipments, Chick Shipments idea. And Vancouver Island's Nicholas Frederigo won Best Senior Project for Spinal Fusions. Each gets $1,000. Congratulations to both of them uh, from all of us here. In health news tonight, Fraser Health says it's dealing with a suspected norovirus outbreak at a Port Moody restaurant. Brown's Social House voluntarily had to shut its doors down on Wednesday after a number of staff and customers fell ill with symptoms resembling the virus. The restaurant has been working with health officials now to get rid of any possible contamination. They're hoping to open back again on Tuesday. Now, symptoms of norovirus include vomiting, diarrhea and abdominal pain. So if you've been to that Browns in Port Moody and you're experiencing those kind of symptoms, please do go and see a doctor straight away. The province are asking the public to help combat the spread of a deadly bat disease. Travellers are being urged to check for hitchhiking bats when they return from trips this summer. Apparently, bats like to hide in nooks and crannies of trailers, campers and trucks, and they can inadvertently take a ride home with you. They can carry white noise syndrome. The fungal disease has killed millions of bats in eastern North America and recently arrived in Washington state. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. All right, if you're into movies, Deadpool 2 is already smashing box office records. The Vancouver made blockbuster broke both the one day and three day records, grossing more than 68 million Canadian. That's on its first day alone, 170 million overall. The movie also features a tribute to S.J. Harris. He was the stunt double who died on set in Vancouver last August. And if you do need another reason to go and see it, Global BC's Sonia Sunga makes a brief appearance in that as a news reporter. 
<laughs> and she looks pretty great. cool. It is very cool. And who doesn't love Ryan Ren Ryan Reynolds? Everybody uh, likes the yeah. local boy. He's so funny, isn't he? Yes, for several reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Talking of hotness, <laughs> it's quite warm out there. Yeah, and temperatures are really going to start to soar for the interior. I'll have more on that, and when we can see the peak of it in just a moment. We've got uh, more cloud cover today than sunshine, but it is going to brighter up for the latter half of our weekend, but unsettled late this evening and leading into the overnight. We're at 18 with a westerly wind at 9 kilometers per hour. Temperatures today bumped up to 19, still above the average for this time of the year of 17, and a record of 26 degrees was set back in 1961. 25 is the high today for Kamloops and Revelstoke. Cranbrook today climbing up to 20 degrees. Prince George at 26, Terrace at 24, areas near Tofino today at 13, and Victoria up to 18 degrees. Still seeing a high of 21 degrees for Burnaby. That's where our studio is. Pitt Meadows at 20. Current temperature for Surrey closer to 23 degrees. Areas near Chilliwack up to 19. And your current temperature for Hope at 18 degrees. And a few other spots with Williams Lake currently sitting at 22. The instability right now is along the eastern sections of the island. Areas near Nanaimo, we're seeing a few lightning strikes popping up and some heavier pockets of rainfall. Similar for west eastern sections and stretching in towards the Fraser Valley. Abbotsford, Chilliwack included within that. And for the south coast, it's the overnight that will still look at that chance of showers and leading in towards our Sunday morning. Rainfall right now for the, uh, for the southern sections, or for the Okanagan rather, Kamloops and stretching into Vernon, so the tops in Okanagan, and even into the southeastern corners of the province. So most of the instability across the south coast will be overnight and as we look ahead towards the morning hours tomorrow. Some breaks, though, as we put the future cast into play. More sunshine on the way for our Monday, and we've got the return for some warmer temperatures for the interior. Here's a glance at the temperature trend and what we can anticipate some of the temperatures to be on the rise once again. It's as we get in midweek and then stretching in towards the latter half of the week, and then a bit of a reprieve once again. Three-day forecast for the piece tomorrow with the risk of a thunderstorm, a southwesterly wind up to 30 kilometers per hour, and warming up on your Tuesday with that sunshine and a high of 28. Most areas near Whitehorse tomorrow with a chance of showers at 14. Gusty south southerly wind up to 60 kilometers per hour. Coastal sections will see it unsettled with a chance of showers. The heavier round of rain, though, with the next system is going to be on Monday and then tapering back off to showers on your Tuesday. Caribou and Central Interior tomorrow. Risk of a thunderstorm. Temperatures up to 20 degrees. Most spots for the Columbia and Kootenai region. A chance of showers will be for the morning hours. The Thompson Okanagan. A slight chance to see an isolated shower. Warming up on your Tuesday onwards. Whistler will be at 18 tomorrow. 27 with sunshine on Tuesday. And across the island, northern sections and central sections will still see a chance of showers for the morning hours. We'll see more breaks for the afternoon tomorrow. Monday onwards, we're back into some sunshine. Wednesday, possibly up to 24 degrees. Sonia? Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll see you in a, a few minutes, everyone. All right, let's get all your sports in right now. And then we've got royal highlights coming up. We do. Oh, like. yes, stay tuned for that. I've got, <laughs> I got some royally good highlights too. Here from the <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Sonia. The uh, Whitecaps have been busier than any other team in the Western Conference so far this year, which can be a good thing if you're on a roll. But the Whitecaps have been more rocky than rolling, just one, four, and two in their last seven. On Wednesday night, they scored very late to tie San Jose at home. Today, a short turnaround in the heat of Texas as they took on FC Dallas.
It's the Caps' 13th game of the season already, which is two or three more than most teams in the Western Conference. Hot day in Dallas, mid-30s, big challenge for the Caps today. But they played well in the first half, but the only goal was a cracker off the foot of Reggie Cannon, and it's 1-0 for FC Dallas at the half. Second half, Kai Kamara aggressive here, beats the keeper to the ball, heads it in, but the referee calls a foul on Kamara, no goal, very debatable, remains 1-0. Then, former Portland Timber, Maxi Arruti slots it past Brian Rowe, 2-0 Dallas in the 78th, that pretty much seals it, you would think, but the Caps get a break, great hustle by Anthony Blondell, wins the race, chips it and deflects in off a Dallas defender. It's an own goal. There is hope. The Caps down one with time. Down to the final seconds now in stoppage time, and Blondell is clotheslined by the Dallas goalkeeper. A forearm shiver to the throat. Penalty called. So Kamara with the chance to snatch a point for the Caps, and he does it as the Caps, for the second straight match, score at the death to tie it 2-2. Their third straight two-all draw. Give them credit. They fought to the end and got rewarded. Next up, they host New England next Saturday at BC Place. We're 2-0 down away in a very difficult place in, in warm weather against a really good team, and we managed to claw our way back. So lots of positives, a gutsy performance. I think we got what we deserved in the end, if I'm being totally honest, um, but we did make it, make it difficult for ourselves. Mourinho, FA Cup final from Wembley, Chelsea and Manchester United. Chelsea trying to rescue their lost season with one piece of hardware. Last year's league champs finishing fifth this year. First half, Eden Hazard making the run. Phil Jones cuts him down at the knees. Penalty called. No debate about that one. So Hazard is going to take the penalty himself. And Conley knocks it in. 1-0 Chelsea, 22nd minute. United had a lot of possession in this one, 63%, but didn't have a lot of great scoring opportunities. Could not beat Thibaut Courtois. Marcus Rashford with one of the best chances, but Courtois making himself big with the shoulder save, and that was it. One goal did it for Chelsea. The Blues are FA Cup champs for the eighth time trophyless season for Man United, but they did finish second in the Premiership. CFL training camps open tomorrow, and Johnny Football, former Heisman Trophy winner slash party animal, Johnny Manziel, will be in a camp with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He signed a two-year deal. Of course, two years is a long time for a guy like Manziel, who has to prove to everyone, especially his new teammates, that he is serious about being a pro football player. Of course, he's all over the social media, usually for the wrong reasons. Today, he posted his big news. Getting back to playing ball, that's what it comes down to. It's what I've missed doing. I'm somewhere, uh, I don't even know where, um, on the Canadian border, trying to figure this whole thing out and figure out, um, I guess, how to play football in Canada. Um, big day for me. I'm no longer unemployed. I'm getting back to what I want to do, um, and I'm happy about it. All right, we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, former Lion Adam Big Hill is back in the CFL, but not with the Lions. He signed a one-year deal with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers just days after being released by the New Orleans Saints. Big Hill played six seasons with BC. He was a four-time CFL All-Star, but now he's going to ply his trade with the Bombers. Stanley Cup playoffs, Game 5, Lightning and Capitals from Tampa. The road teams won all four games so far, but just 19 seconds in, good things for the home team. Cedric Paquette, Cedric the Entertainer, 
snaps it past Braden Holtby, 1-0 Lightning. Later on in the first, after another turnover by the Caps, Andre Palat with the screenshot, snaps it past Holtby, 2-0 Lightning after one. And then in the second period, like they did in the first, the Lightning strike on the opening shift. It's ugly, but it counts. Ryan Callahan going to the net. Puck goes in off his glove, but he was pushed in by Ovechkin. They reviewed it. It counted. Good goal, 3-0 Tampa. Caps do get one back. Matt Niskanen with the slapper. Great deflection in front by Evgeny Kuznetsov. That made it 3-1. That's where they stand right now, midway through the third. World Hockey Championship, semifinal Saturday. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Team Canada, taking on Switzerland, who upset the Finns in the quarters. Swins, uh, Finns got much uh, stronger when Nashville was eliminated. Roman Yossi, Kevin Fiala joined the team, but Tristan Sherway firing it past Darcy Kemper, who has struggled in the Canadian goal. one nothing Swiss. Canada ties it in the second. Bo Horvat, he was their best player today. Down the wing, and Bo snaps it in past Leonardo Giannoni, who was outstanding in goal for the Swiss. Ties it at one. But Canadian power play, or penalty kill unit, got stuck out there for 93 seconds. They were dead on their feet, and the Swiss made them pay with some nice passing. And it was a goal here to make it 2-1. Gregory Hoffman, and then in the third, another one on the power play. Gaetan Haas with the deflection. Switzerland had one shot in the third period. That was it. It was a big goal, 3-1. Canada in big trouble. They had a lot of shots, Canada, but not a lot of great chances. Connor McDavid does set up Colton Pareko to make it 3-2 with two minutes to go. Canada 45-17 in the shots, but they had trouble beating Giannone. Connor McDavid with one last chance, but Giannone with another save. And the Swiss, with a monumental upset, beat Canada 3-2. So Canada will play for bronze tomorrow. The Swiss will go for gold. Earlier in the other semi, Canucks' Anders Nilsson playing solid net for the Swedes in this tournament, taking on the USA. The only goal, the first, scored by Victor Arvidsson, cashes in the Philip Forsberg rebound. Keith Kincaid kind of just lost track of it, and it's an easy one for Arvidsson. The Swedes erupted for three in just over three minutes in the second. Patrick Hornquist will finish off the tic-tac-toe play. Six-nothing in the final, Sweden. So they'll meet the Swiss for gold. Canada and USA will play for bronze. RBC Cup semifinals this afternoon from Chilliwack. BCHL champion Wenatchee Wild taking on Wellington Dukes of Ontario. And it was 1-0 Wellington until Zach Galampo scored for the Wild. Ties at 1-1. But in the third, Wellington will get the game winner from Daniel Panetta. Despite being outshot 51-14, the Wild had won their previous four, but they lose a heartbreaker sudden death semifinal. Tonight, Chilliwack takes on Ottawa in the other semi. Memorial Cup from Regina, Western League champions with current Broncos taking on the Quebec champions, Acadie Bathurst Teton. Second period tied at two. Giorgio Estefan will score his second of the game for Swift Current. Broncos led 3-2, but Acadie Bathurst tied it with a shorthanded goal in the third. And then in overtime, Liam Murphy pokes it in from the doorstep on the scramble. And the Teton get the 4-3 victory over the Broncos. Welcome back. Justify won the Kentucky Derby two weeks ago. Today at the Preakness, Justify was pushed to the end in a fantastic finish in the fog, but he won by a nose and is now poised to win the Triple Crown next month at the Belmont. The field comes into the final furlong. It is Justify in front. Good magic on the outside. Tenfold. Bravazzo. Justify. He's unstoppable. 
fourth in a final time of one minute 55 and four foot seconds. Not even the fog could stop him. All right, Game 3 NBA Eastern Finals. LeBron and the Cavaliers down 2-0 to the Celtics. Two lopsided Boston wins uh, on home court, but LeBron set the tone. Big block on Aaron Baines at the other end, drives hard to the basket for the layup. 12 in the first as the Cavs jumped out 32-17 after one, and they keep the pedal down in the second. LeBron with the three-pointer, 17 points at that point, and it's a 61-38 Cavs very late in the first half. Baseball today, Blue Jays and A's from Rogers Center, fifth inning. Jays open the scoring. Giovanni Urshela, just his sixth game as a Blue Jay, gets his first home run. Former Cleveland Indian infielder with a two-run shot to right, and the Jays up four runs in the fifth. It stayed that way until the eighth, and the Jays' usually reliable bullpen can't hold it. Chad Pinder with a belt to right. It's gone for a grand slam off Tyler Clippard. Oakland wins 5-4. Jays drop to 22 and 24. Tennis from Rome, semifinal, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. Djokovic starting to round into form after dealing with some serious injuries. We know what Rafa does on clay. He just wins and dominates. First set, Djokovic, though, will rip the two-fisted backhand winner. Sharp angle there, but that's what Djokovic does. He was looking great. It went to a tie break, but Nadal just had... One more great shot. Look at that. Down the line on the return. Takes the set 7-6. He got an early break in the second set and carried it to the finish line. Rafa with the flare on match point. Great match between two very good champs. Nadal 7-6-6-3 will take on second seed Alex Zverev in tomorrow's final. And third round at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Don't have time for that. We will tell you that there is a two-way tie between Leishman and Aaron Watt. All right, finally tonight, we have to mention Canadian kids, seven-year-old twins, John and Brian Mulrooney. They are the grandchildren of former Prime Minister Brian Mulrooney. They did so well today as part of the Royal Bridal Party, holding Meghan's veil, which was five metres in length, as she walked into St. George's Chapel, and they made it look so effortless. And every bride will tell you, that's a nerve-wracking time, right, to trust Kids you would not want a royal task. trip, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They stole the show, those kids, too. Yeah, and, and uh, you guys did not get up early to watch the wedding that early? No, no. unfortunately we did not. But no. It's sitting on my PVR. I was just waiting, waiting for the recap that we're going to see now. It's all you really need to Absolutely. See. It was pretty amazing. I think the highlight for me was the American bishop who um, kind of, let's yes, just say, I heard a lot shook, about him. shook everybody up. Right. I think, yeah, he was pretty loud. Very vibrant.